Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Nathan Lomax is the director and co-founder of Quickfire Digital, though he's been an entrepreneur since his school days. He also runs networking events for other digital agencies and businesses who are selling online. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Nathan. Oh, thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Now, before we talk about your, your current business, I'd like to you know, dig into your past a little bit. And I was having a look at your LinkedIn profile and I can see that when you were at school, you took part in Young Enterprise. So tell me about that experience. Blimey, you have been digging. Uh, yeah, I had the opportunity through school to get involved in the Young Enterprise Scheme and it's something that I didn't think personally our school did enough about. Mm. And so there was a lovely careers advisor at the time called Margaret Ford. She was lovely. Uh, and she said it's something she used to do and hadn't done a lot at this school. So we decided to give it a go. Uh, I created a company called AVD, uh, which I think was Latin for... I see, I listen, I hear or something, mm. audio, video, disco or something. Anyway, um, we created this company and we started to run a series of events. Uh, we ran uh, something at the Christmas lights. We rented out a car park in Holton, sold parking. Uh, we sold celebrity chef soup uh, at an <laughs> event. We <laughs> did a candy casino. I'll never forget. Uh, basically, the, the rule was if someone landed on the jackpot, they got five pounds worth of free sweets. So we went to a local supplier to get some sweets that I think were going off in a few days time. So they were kind of really cheap. And uh, and yeah, I remember the first spin someone did at the lights, they won jackpot. And no. I just thought, we're going to hemorrhage cash here. It's a disaster. So I uh yeah chuck my toys out of pram but i think we actually managed to to do all right i think we made six seven hundred pounds that night which was good the car park was actually the best one we made thousands wow. um and people would park and it escalated before long i was dressing up as father christmas <laughs> and uh we were wrapping um i never forget we were we had a we offered a gift wrapping service for people that bought their presents but if you've ever seen my wrapping I, i'd probably <laughs> stick to tinfoil i'm absolutely terrible um so that was that but i mean all in all we had an absolutely fantastic time i don't think we necessarily followed it through as much as we could have in terms mm. of entering the, the relevant competitions and, and going through the stages but there wasn't masses of support for it at the school and therefore it was all a bit of extracurricular fun but yeah it certainly got us into the world of entrepreneurship uh it then led me to selling mittens um I asked my nan to, to, she was knitting mittens at the time. So we'd sell them to the school and, or people in the school, she would make them for two pounds. I would sell them for five pounds and keep the three pounds. And she had to buy all the wool as well. So I was like, blimey, this is, this is quite the scheme. Um, but, and she, poor old nanny Pam, uh, at the time she was, uh, she, I reckon she probably did that 80 to a hundred pairs. Wow. Uh, we did some, uh, yeah, we we're selling a lot of mittens at the time. Uh, and then she started getting custom requests. So she'd get like camouflage mittens and Norwich city mittens. <laughs> and all different colors which was kind of really stretching our capabilities but uh it was a great little company while it lasted uh and i thoroughly enjoyed it i think the last thing was when we came to kind of divvy out the shares and dividends that were made at the end and yeah i kind of i started with a load of friends and quickly realized that actually never really do business for friends because mm. those that were really committed were not really the kind of people that i was necessarily playing in the sports teams with or or in the house with they were different people that all had a different set of skills but they were far better to work with than those that I 
class as my true friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like um, you've been an entrepreneur from the off, really. So what happened after school? Uh, so after school, that everyone, uh, I was very lucky to go to that school. I won a scholarship to go there and it was a fantastic experience. Uh, my challenge was the school, any school, is, is based on numbers to go through from school to university. Mm. And so of the, let's say there's 400 students in my year, 399 didn't go to, uh, sorry, went to university. They all went to university. They all followed the traditional path, etc. And I personally got my place at Loughborough University, deferred it for a year, uh, decided to try and start up. And then it was going well after year one. So I deferred a second year. Mm. And then after that, I was like, blimey, I can't keep deferring it. I'm going to have to take the, the jump. And I decided not to go. Um, but yeah, decided not to go, set up the business that uh started in literally the my parents dining room um and quickly scaled and we built a team in india and grew that and it was all very much of a lifestyle liz it was a lovely mm. lovely uh business and at the time i was earning good money and at that age i was i kind of looking back the only thing i wish i'd done is spent less on food and, and going out and exploring the world and, and more on maybe saving and buying a house etc but i had some incredible experiences i managed to travel the world and eat in some nice places and meet some amazing people. And that all has all stood me in really good stead for, for where we are today. So I can't complain. But yeah, my after school, decided not to go to uni, set up the business. Uh, and that's been me ever since, really. Uh, yeah, running running what is now Quickfire. Uh, originally, it was called NathanLomax.com. Uh, I kind of vainly thought if Calvin Klein could do it, so could I. But <laughs> uh, the rebrand was needed. Uh, and sure enough, uh, here we are, kind of five years into the Quickfire journey. Uh, 25 people about one and a half million in revenue and, and really kicking on it's been hugely exciting to to go through this journey lots of learnings um but yeah hugely proud of what we've achieved yeah fantastic so tell me about who it is you help and how you help them yeah so typically we're helping retailers uh between 1.7 in revenue and 70 million in revenue uh that are looking to kick on uh particularly through the platform of e-commerce and particularly through the the content management system which is shopify or shopify plus mm -hmm. so the agency is uh d2c specialist so direct consumer uh, and we primarily work with brands either already in shopify and shopify plus looking to maximize the commercial potential of that platform or we take people from other e-commerce platforms on the market, whether that be Magento or BigCommerce or Salesforce Commerce Cloud or any of those. How do we take them from those platforms and into Shopify? Uh, so a big part of the business is migrations. Mm -hmm. And then a big part is kind of on to ongoing uh, retainer growth uh, and how we make sure whether that be 20 hours a month or 40 hours a month or 60 hours a month. We're almost like an outsourced dev outfit for many retailers that mm. want the development support but can't justify a full-time development team mm -hmm. we kind of bridge that gap and so what kind of products are your customers selling uh a whole range of products uh, so one of our clients sells sofas uh, another sells sportswear another jewelry uh, another sustainable goods uh yeah that's part of the beauty liz why i love doing what i'm doing is that almost every day you're working with somebody different selling something different uh, and that's nice because while there are nice varieties, there is consistency in terms of the things they're looking to improve. So there's mm. a couple of core metrics. One is average order value, e.g. how much are people spending each time they purchase from you? And one is conversion rate, e.g. if I send 100 people to your website, how many of those are actually going to buy something in the first place? Mm. And there's other metrics such as lifetime value. So how much does a customer spend over the duration of the relationship with you as a business and that kind of thing. But that's that's what I really like is that the tactics and tricks to 
kind of improve those metrics are pretty consistent doesn't matter what sector you're in Mm -hmm. but the variety comes from talking to someone that's selling surfboards through to somebody that's selling coffins it's a a wide variety of clients and what kind of difference do you find um, you're making by working with these clients I think the biggest difference we're making is that we're able to bring proactivity to the business where typically they're blinkered in terms of where they're looking to go as an organization. I think many of the businesses we work with have fantastic product. They have great teams. Uh, They just can't really break through the next level of growth. And Mm -hmm. so for us coming as an agency, you can bring external perspective. You can bring consultancy. We talk a lot about shifting the model from a do for me agency, e.g. Nathan, can you move the button to the left? through to think for me agency which is liz why do you want the button to the left like, mm-hmm. do you need it to be to the left or actually should it be to the right or should it be changing color etc what is the outcome you're looking for and how can i help you achieve that so i think this is where we're really starting to add value to our clients and really make a difference is where we're providing that kind of consultative approach to help them grow their online business now online is just one channel and if you look at the big shift at the moment for retailers between having an online and an offline store what we would like to do as an agency is help people bridge that gap. Mm. So we help them sell offline and online. Uh, and that's something that I think going to 2023, more retailers are really going to be focusing on is how can you get, they get all their channels, whether it be Amazon, eBay, Shopify, uh, Google ads, etc. How can they get everything talking together and yeah. working in unison? And that's where typically an agency like us would come in. Yeah. Now, something else that I noticed from your LinkedIn profile that you act as a student mentor. Tell me something about that. This is the most thorough research someone's ever done. This is wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I was mentored when I started the business. I'm still mentored to this day. Uh, originally, I was mentored by a guy called Neil Adams, a really nice chap. I talk about him in most podcasts and, and things I do. He's, I'll forever be grateful to that guy. Um, and I always said at the time, so the story goes, is that I was traveling and I reached out to Neil and he said he'd like to meet me for a coffee. And at the time, I was offering free work to everybody. And he said, actually, if... Uh, from the day forward, you're £20 an hour uh, and you will no longer do free work. And mm. he's going to go around your, uh, he said, you can come around my house once a week and I will teach you the principles of, of kind of marketing and business. And that was absolutely invaluable. I was with him for two and a half years, uh, kind of going to his house and learning and reading and sharing and thinking and absolutely incredible. And so I always thought as I kind of went on my own journey that I would, um, I'd like to give it back mm. in some way. And so I find that the mentorship stuff we do with, UEA, hugely rewarding, which is the local university here. Um, I also do a lot of stuff with the Help to Grow scheme, uh, which again, I found hugely rewarding and a great program. Uh, I, I mentor or non-exec five or six uh, different agencies, uh, albeit pro bono kind of just as a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's really important that if you can and you have the opportunity to, it's important to give back and support the next generation coming through. Because at one point that was me, and I was looking for my big break and I got it and I got that opportunity and I got that support. And therefore, it's on me now to be able to give that to the next lot of people coming through. Yeah, brilliant. And talking of good things to do, um, tell me about your charity work. Yeah, I, I, I've always been passionate about doing something for charity. And there's a couple of different things we've done. Uh, the first was about my brother is autistic and mm. I wanted to uh, help autistic people get into the workplace. Um so we set up a charity or was in the process of setting up a charity just before COVID to help autistic people get into the workplace. And we had a lovely guy called Jack that was our kind of a pilot that we were working with him to, to get him into our agency and to see how it went. And 
that was already good. And before we know it, we were in Birmingham at the national finals for uh, kind of diversity and disability awards. It was absolutely remarkable. And we had a great evening and, and Jack's a cracking guy. And yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do more of. I just think, unfortunately, there's time. There's never enough time mm. in a day and actually less is more. And I need to really focus on the agency and its growth and stuff. Kind of put that to the to the back burner it's something that if I can take the agency to where I want to and either sell it or step back or whatever then I definitely look to pursue again I think there's mm. a huge need for to get the talents of autistic people there's got so many hidden talents yeah. that I think would be hugely uh, useful in an agency um, but I just didn't have the time necessarily to to commit to as much as I would like um, we've done charity golf days and fundraisers and and all sorts and sleep outs and you name it. And I've loved the, the stuff I've done with charities and continue to do with charities. Uh, I just need to make sure that I don't allow it to take my eye off the ball and mm. focus on the charity as opposed to uh, the agency. Uh, the big campaign we did just before the pandemic was called the Giveaway Gang. The idea was inspired by I was with a partner at the time and her and I were watching a, a film about a, a king and queen that went to an orphanage uh, mm. and gave out presents one Christmas. And I really got this sense uh, that I felt like I was needing to do the same. And so I uh, did a bit of a local fundraiser and got people to bring in presents and cash donations. And before we knew it, we'd got 5,000 presents and 5,000 pound cash. And wow. <laughs> we managed to really support the local community at a particularly difficult time with presents and we were going to the the big c the local cancer charity and delivering presents to those that perhaps were getting awful news at christmas mm. that have been diagnosed with cancer and particularly the families around that actually rather than the, the patients mm -hmm. themselves but uh we did that we went to local food banks we, we did all sorts we just tried to touch and impact as many people as we could uh that was with a lady called sophie jury sinead merrin matt key they were the kind of key task force and we had tons of other helpers and, and local businesses that supported it and I always said I would love to I'll never forget there was a lady called Stacy who actually did a lovely LinkedIn post uh, about this very experience a couple of weeks ago and I was very fortunate to be able to take her to the supermarket and buy her Christmas shopping and mm. give her a Christmas that she probably didn't think she was going to have and still to this day it was an incredibly humbling experience and something I'd love to be able to do more of at the moment I'm just working with my other half to take furniture to Gambia uh, we sold a bed on Facebook Marketplace, as you do, and mm. the lady came to pick it up, and she was telling us about her story, and before we know it, we're fixated, and we're like, <laughs> we've got to do more, and so we're uh, we're looking to to take more stuff out to Gambia uh, in the new year, but yeah, I've always been passionate about trying to do things for those less fortunate than ourselves, uh, and it's sometimes very difficult to get swept up in the emotion and the stress and the pressures mm. of running a business and forgetting that opportunity of taking perspective and realizing just how fortunate you are yeah yeah absolutely so let's have a bit of a chat now about networking and how are you using networking in your business i think networking has been phenomenal for our business so just to give you a bit of insight uh, one of the mentors i had and, and still have actually is a guy called spencer gallagher lovely guy uh, and in his book agency nomics he talks about 50 meaningful conversations every month so he says that to grow your pipeline or your sales uh, pipeline to the size it needs to be, you need to have roughly 50 meaningful conversations every month, mm. which I was starting to do. 
during uh, just before the pandemic uh, and that was going well and uh, for example I could go to an event and I could meet 10 people and I could do it all at once mm. or I'd have individual coffees or lunches or dinners etc etc and what I found is that actually 50 was great but I would sometimes cheat the system so I'd see someone that I'd seen before yeah. the idea is 50 net new people telling them about your business and what you do etc etc and when you go to an event or you're a speaker at an event, you can kind of share your story with 30, 40, 50, 60, mm. 100 people at once. And therefore, that was a great way to, to hit those numbers. Now, the pandemic came and obviously we couldn't have the coffees, the lunches, the dinners, yeah. etc. And therefore, I was like, crumbs, how am I going to continue this networking? Uh, so we moved to Zoom, uh, as everyone did, and Google Meet and Teams and all that good stuff. Uh, and we moved to 400 uh, meaningful conversations a month. So... <laughs> 20 calls a day for half an hour at a time, 10 hours a day, five days a week. Uh, and I just met the most extraordinary amount of people from all walks of life. I mean, primarily with an agency background, but I mean, agency owners of all shapes and sizes and diversities and just amazing. Um, and I really built a bit of a name for ourselves in a world of agency. Now, the magic with that networking is that on the call, for 25 minutes or for 30 minutes, I would just ask some questions like you and I are doing now, Linda. Mm. I would just ask them questions about themselves, get them talking about themselves. And I would just find out more and write it all down. And then at the end, I tried to make five really useful introductions. So listening to them really intently, I'd say, who do I know in my network that would be really useful to that mm. person? Now, of course, as those conversations grew and I was having more and more, that became easier and easier. And before I knew it, I was kind of building this bizarre little spiders web where everyone was knowing everyone and connecting to everyone and the, the kind of common thread was me mm. uh and so as we came out of lockdown i was thinking this is great and i know all these people now and this is amazing and they've all got this burning sense of reciprocity because they feel like they owe me a favor yeah. like a piggy bank yeah. like an iou because i've made these intros and that's possibly helped them or bought them a lead or refreshed their perspective or whatever it is they now feel like they owe me something back and yeah. normally that came in the form of a lead or a box of chocolates in the post or whatever it was but after lockdown i, was, I don't want to keep having 400 calls a month it's <laughs> exhausting um yeah. so we started running events and we were running agency lunches and agency dinners. And I was having 40, 50, 60 people uh, at these dinners and lunches. And that allowed me to continue that kind of level of conversation and, uh, and reach without having to have 60 individual mm. calls. And are those events still going on now? They are indeed. Uh, so we hosted the last one a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think it was 40, 45 people there. Um, yeah, a cracking lunch, uh, really enjoyable atmosphere and really good chance to, to get together. I'm now trying to create little micro communities, particularly when in the e-commerce and retail space. The agency space is wonderful. It's remarkable. There's lots of agency networks out there. And I think it's one thing I would say to anyone listening and thinking of doing something similar is, number one, uh, the timing was absolutely right for those conversations. If someone made five introductions to you now and a couple of them are useful, a couple are not, you might see that as a bit of a burden. But at the time, people were desperate to find a way out of the pandemic. Mm. Like, what are we going to do? We're not sure if we're going to be here tomorrow. Um, so people were always open to having conversations. So the timing was spot on. Uh, and it was just, like I say, right place, right time. I was the first to do it. I now see more and more people do it. Um, so that was really helpful. Um, but I think going forwards, uh, you start to learn where your actual target market is. And mm -hmm. we don't run an agency network, right? We're not building an agency work. And therefore, after a while, you start to think, actually, is this the best use of my time? Mm -hmm. 
or do we do a couple of these agency dinners a year rather than four or five and maybe we focus our efforts on e-commerce events or retailer events where we're actually going to be with potentially our target market Mm. does that bring more value to the agency quite possibly yeah and so where are you running these events and so how far afield are people coming from to them yeah so these are based primarily in london um I've had people travel from Manchester, from Birmingham, uh, one lady from Edinburgh, uh, wow. which was hugely flattering. I'd like to think she had something else on that day as opposed to just coming, <laughs> coming for the lunch. It was a hell of a way for lunch. But yeah, I mean, typically, I mean, last time, actually, I did have three guys fly over from Dublin, um, which again was very nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, it's normally London and surrounding areas. I mean, it takes me personally two hours to get into mm. London on the train. So anywhere within London in a two or three hour radius is typically the catch. So if people, you know, anyone listening is interested in finding out more, where can they find out about these events that you're holding? Yeah, great shout. So the best thing is probably to contact an events and par- our events and partnerships manager, which again was one of the best hires we made. Um, in fact, the, this afternoon, we've just been fleshing out our plans for 2023 and there's me trying to run a thousand events a year. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're kind of having debates with the rest of the founding team about whether we need to run so many events, etc. But realistically, if you reach out to Rose, uh, R-O-S-E at quickfiredigital.com uh, should be able to tell you more about the events and, and get you along it'd be lovely to, to meet you to share stories uh, and to try and support you uh, either giving you a leg up in the agency community uh, or just connect you to other people in the room that, that you might find a value yeah so why would you recommend networking to other small business owners I think the beauty of networking uh, I mean I for one actually um Everyone thinks I'm extroverted and I, I am to an extent, but I actually still get really daunted by the thought of networking. Mm. I, I hate it. I hate the thought of going in a room, not knowing anyone, the pressure. Um, so for me, networking is a great place to hone your skills about talking about your business and what you do and why you do it, as opposed to talking directly to, to clients. Um, I found networking a great opportunity to build mutual relationships, contacts, partnerships, friends. Uh, some of my best friends now uh, I've originally met through networking. Um, so going to the right event is really, really important. And that's mm. one, I, one thing I would say is that I kissed a lot of frogs during <laughs> my networking career and I went to a lot of events that perhaps weren't the right event or um, maybe had the right intentions but weren't properly executed. And so now I would absolutely say networking can be your best friend if you use it correctly it's very easy to be busy and be networking every single day and i'm mm-hmm. constantly getting invites to dinners to lunches to breakfast to, to all sorts which is incredibly humbling but just try and focus on the ones where you can add most value and those that you can hopefully get something back from as well yeah so who ideally would you like to see coming to your next events in terms of the retail events, uh, we're running several panel discussions. We're running a big DTC awards, hopefully. For us, I would love to see uh, any retailers, anyone out there on Shopify or anyone out there that's looking to come to Shopify, they're the kind of people we'd love to see at our events. In terms of the agency events, uh, anyone that runs an agency, doesn't matter what shape or size, it would be great to see you share some more stories and see how we mm-hmm. can help. Uh, so they're the typical ideal customer profiles we'd be looking for for our events. Uh, if you don't fit those molds but still feel like you'd like to come, you could add value to the group, etc. Please do, like I say, get in touch with Rose and we'll have a discussion about what we can do and where you might be able to fit in. I, I just think that actually 
sometimes a friendly hand on the shoulder to say, look, while I really appreciate you wanting to come, I'm not sure that as an accountant, for example, um, this particular mm-hmm. event is right for you. And if it is, is it right for everyone else in the room mm-hmm. that there's an accountant there that possibly can help for sure. Um, but at the same time, then you start treading on the things of, okay, well, should that person be sponsoring? Cause they're getting in front of their ideal client. Mm-hmm. Um, is it something that we co-market or what do we do uh, to make sure the quality of the room, the integrity of the room is maintained at all times? Yeah. So just finally then, Nathan, if people want to connect with you, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you? I think the best way would actually be LinkedIn. I'm doing more and more on LinkedIn. I try and post uh, each day, uh, just trying to document the story of the agency and where we're going. And I think, uh, yeah, the best thing would be reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, I'd love to have a chat. I'm really keen to support anyone that's looking to, to grow and kick on in the world of business. Uh, we're all there once uh, and I've by no means uh, made it to where I'd like to get to. But at the same time, hopefully I've come across some of the experiences or challenges that you may be facing uh, and maybe a chat over a coffee or a cup of tea or whatever uh, can help uh, kind of alleviate some of those concerns you've got uh, and give you some fresh perspective that perhaps you struggle to see with everything going on around you. Lovely. Well, thank you very much. And the best of luck with uh, Quickfire Digital in 2023 and uh, all the events that you're running as well. No, I really appreciate it. Liz. Thank you so much for having me and thank you to you for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.